Monday. It had been a month since the Titans had won. They lost two, and then they had a bye week, and then that was a month. It was four weeks since we got to do a Victory Monday show. Yeah, that that was no fun. That was a bleak month that we were blowing through around here sports-wise. Feels good to see them back in the win column. Key stat from yesterday for me, we didn't plan this. Zero turnovers. The other key stat, they forced four. <laughs> no, the key stat was eight yards rushing. <laughs> that, that is a key stat. Like, you you had an NFL team to eight yards rushing, really? Oh, man. That, eight yards rushing. And, eight shut carries. and an egg. And an egg, by the way. So, hey, man. <laughs> that's a... That's a pretty good feat. I don't care if you're the worst team in the NFL, man. You know they, what they, that, got, they got some capable players, man. The nutty thing about that was they did the thing that the Titans really never do. They just completely abandoned the run. It, it, they just, I mean, they ran like one time late. I remember seeing them run it once Was that later. the draw? Yes. <laughs> yes. They just completely abandoned the run. But uh, And usually like in garbage time, it's like you pile up stats. They still didn't pile up any stats because he kept throwing picks. He just he wasn't comfortable. He just kept throwing picks. I, two of their three sacks came on the first drive. First play was to Nico Autry, where he had him in the grasp and he tried to throw it out of bounds and they called that a, which um but two of their three sacks, but they did get pressure and they just kept him moving around all day. I mean, he had never thrown four picks even as a rookie. He'd thrown three in the first game. He had three TDs and three interceptions. But he had done a good job of not throwing interceptions. He had like one interception and one turnover, I think and one one TD and one interception, I think, in the five previous games, talking about Trevor Lawrence, and that sucker threw four yesterday. Mm. I think, you know, besides protection, if you want to look for negative for the Titans, uh, protection uh, and uh, everybody involved, all parties, quarterback, offensive line, running back, maybe right, even receivers, maybe not running the depth of where they need to be. But, uh, you know, protection probably was the only thing. Everything else, I mean, it's hard to – Nitpick, you know, here, defense, uh, you can even, you know, pick some things there. But, hey, man, it was lights out. That was a shutout. I mean, man, they made some turnovers. Uh, offensively, they got to start throwing down the football field at some point. At some point now, that works hand-in-hand with the offensive line because they were throwing a lot of three-step to get the ball out of your hands. Uh, but at some point, that that's going to stop. When you play the good teams, yeah. it's not going to be good enough. You so can. it was good enough to win this game. So applaud. They did enough to win this game. They did it. So, Hey, I'm I'm cool with that. But was it good to you know? Was it fancy? And, and was it really fun, fun to watch? watch? No, no. <laughs> no I kind of I kind of dozed. My eyes blinked a couple times. I'm not even gonna lie. But hey, you know it is what it is. They won. They did a great job. Great game plan. They did enough. Yeah, I mean, should they have? If they would have, they didn't score any points or maybe three points three off. Three points of a, off. Four interceptions. Yeah, that 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 there is. Ugh, that's tough. And not to say that they got in great field position every time because they didn't, but. Those, those are momentum swing type plays. And actually, when you get a turnover like that, and you can go downtown, we're taller on the defensive side of the ball. If you're a defensive back, that the first play they think about, or the second play, because they try to trick because they know you know the stat, right. is they'll try to go downtown on you to continue that momentum of the turnover. It's a lot Everybody of talk. listening in high school and college, that's what they do, right? In the pros. So a lot of talk yesterday about Julio at one point looked like he was about to get behind everybody. It, and it's like, okay, this is it. And then Tannehill got pressured. And- you know, no play. Could, I think he did. He get sacked. I think that's what he got hit ten ready. times uh, and sacked what four. So it could have been any myriad. I think he got hit. Yeah. And and they had a they had a screen that might have scored, or in the first half. Uh, 
either to oh, did he miss Hilliard. Yeah, it was, he was, it was Hilliard. Where he was getting hit, he just kind of threw the ball in that direction. You can see Hilliard lurching oh, and reaching. Right, right. He just couldn't get it. Oh, he was gone. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, Now, the King, King could have scored twice on that. But even Hilliard, I think, could have scored on that. There was nobody over there, and there were like five people blocking for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then Foreman got, you know, nicked up with, I guess they're saying an elbow or something. He looked like he was starting to get revved up, looking like a little bit like how he was like last year. His run into the end zone, six-yard touchdown run, mm-hmm. zone read, he, and he he mm-hmm. took a shot like on the three-yard line or so and pinballed into another guy, then pinballed into – like it was a big back run. run. It was mm-hmm. a big back taking multiple shots and getting right into the end zone. He's definitely the, the poor man's Henry uh, for sure. Yeah, I, I, it fits this style of offense and it's a big back deal. So, you know, that could have hurt too. But, you know, obviously everybody's looking at Julio. Uh, and how he fared and how much did he play and, you know, could he have gone longer and uh, how does he feel after the game and everything else. So those are – these are all tests. You're trying to build up to something and you're still chalking off wins. And that's the really insane part. You're not playing your best ball and still winning. So I, I really like those things. You continue to coach guys up and have them driven to, a, you know, the next level to be better than they were before. Julio said after the game, there were several quotes, but I, I wrote this one down. Uh, moving forward for myself, I feel good. I feel great. No tweaks, no nothing. I'm solid. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I mean, this, is, this offense, it's interesting, though. I don't know if it's because of pass protection and want to get the ball out of Tannehill's hand so far. I, I just think that I don't know if that really fits Julio and the type of player he is. We could talk about all oh, he's lost a step and this. I can't really tell. He hasn't played enough. Right. You know, so for me to even give him that. Uh, but one thing, I, I, I'm just trying to look at the offense he was in in Atlanta. I, I just don't see the quick passing game part of uh, the Falcons. Besides, you know, running the slant, he's out wide. And there. You know, I, I can't remember. I'm sure he's done it because he's played so long that you throw a tall 6'4 athletic guy out there when they play off, and then he makes that guy miss and takes it to the house. I just don't recall him doing that. I've seen him catch a ball while he's running a route. Right. Uh, and, and and they tried that, that yesterday on yeah. – um, I don't know what corner oh, it was. It was uh, Griffin. Uh, 32. Yeah. They're Shaquille and Shaquem. Oh, oh no, Griffin's 26. Yeah, yeah 26. They, 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 he came up there and wrapped him up and lassoed him up with no gain. And he, fell, he fell one yard because he was tall enough to fall one yard. Yeah. Because he's reading his keys, he's disciplined, he yeah. knows the position. You know, what's the name? Got the ball, boom, and turned and threw out. Well, you put, your first two steps as a DB corner is to be read steps. So they're supposed to be slow mm-hmm. where you're reading the quarterback for just that purpose on a quick pass. As soon as he saw that, he said, ying, and believe what you see. And there you go. That's how you play corner when you play off. Mm-hmm. The other thing was, too, like you say, just – don't wait for a fake. Don't just blow right through him. Yeah. Just shoot right through him. That's it, exactly what he did. did. Yeah. That's don't be. It, 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 he can stutter. No, don't keep moving. Right. Keep he did. going forward. If you miss, your boys will come because that means he had to stutter just enough. Yep. Where even if you miss, he, you got your guys coming rallying to the ball because you, you're taught to run to the football on defense. And so especially the way Simmons runs. Oh my gosh, I wouldn't want that big guy coming running nowhere near me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd fall down. <laughs> let's uh, let's get let's run to Bruce in White House. He's on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Bruce, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good. How are you, man? Good. What you got? Doing great. Uh, Tannehill. I want to talk about Tannehill. You know, everybody wants to say he's not the guy. He's not the guy. Listen, he's a media. He's not. 
He's not below average. He's not above that. I mean, he's right there. He's, he's a game controller. He can manage the game, but you got to have people around him. And one thing, you got to get some protection for the guy. You, you can talk all you want about Tannehill, but that dude takes a licking and mm. keeps on ticking, son. He gets up time and time again. And I think that says a lot about the guy and how much he loves this team. Yeah. Uh, get your thoughts on that. I'll hang up and listen. Completely agree with that, man. It's, it's man. Uh, but, you know, it's just, unfortunately, it doesn't matter. He, and he's right. He's in the middle of the road. He's a solid quarterback. But when you get paid $30 million or whatever his number is, 30, you're supposed 60. to elevate the players around you, even if they're not the num- you know, the starters on the team. And I'm talking about more the receivers. And you got to elevate them. Build up the confidence. I think he's got some of that in him. It just hasn't happened because of the protection. Yeah. Uh, and then now he's trying to force feed. I've said it the last couple of losses. Even in this game, you, you you saw it a little bit. I think he tapered it down a little bit in this game. But, yeah, because he, he feels the pressure of that things can happen and he can make them happen. He has the ball in his hand. So, uh, applauding that he didn't cause any turnovers this time, so he at least didn't do that. But. You know, got to continually, you know, work with the guys and try to, I guess, throw them open and believe that they can make the plays. It is tough. Yeah. And what you're saying is sometimes you're just going to have to throw the ball, hope knowing that a guy will make the right cut, that he'll show up in the spot where you're throwing it. Mm-hmm. And with all these fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth stringer guy off the street, mm-hmm. he's just like, I got to eat it because I don't know if he's going to be there. And he just he's he's eating it a few times. Boy, has he eaten it! Yeah, you know, and some of it's on him. You know, so yeah. that's what happens when you're the quarterback. So I think he understands that. So I, I like his mindset and everything else. I just don't want it to to continue down this road where he's forcing it. And next, you know, we're getting tip ball picks and things of that nature. Let's let's at least do what we did yesterday. Yeah, I think you can live for that, and you'll be in the game as long as the defense plays like that. Yep. So we we shall see though, because the teams will get better as we go along here, especially when you get in the playoffs. Oh yeah, and that's what you know. We're shooting a peak at that time, and hopefully we got everybody raring to go come at the end of the season. And AJ Brown and Julio Jones and the King, even the King, be back in the next. You know, things are rocking and rolling. Yep, running like a piston. That's it. Uh, we teased this, and you may have heard it in Lucas's update. Jeff Brom said today, Purdue head coach, wide receiver David Bell. Ooh. who is an animal, and uh, the de- defensive lineman George Karloftis will not play in the Music City Bowl. I think we felt like they wouldn't play. Both these guys are high draft picks. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys not playing. So if you're a Vols fan, that's two NFL players that you will not have to try to beat <laughs> to win your Music City Bowl uh, championship. When we come back, David Beauclair, he's probably been to some Music City Bowls. He was probably at that 2000 shutout game. Matter of fact, I'd be willing to bet anything he was. The last time the Titans had a home shutout, was December 31st against the Dallas Cowboys. Blaine was playing. I'm sure Bokey was covering it. We got lots to discuss with the uh, the man named David Beauclair next. Right here covering the Titans on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We're frantically searching for David Beauclair. If you see him out and you see him not looking at his phone, say, hey, Blaine and Mickey, you're trying to call. We'll talk about uh, Titans with him again. A 20 to nothing win over the Jags. First home shutout since 2000 for the team. Um, Julio Jones did return. He played 32 snaps. 
Caught four balls for 33 yards. We're talking about Julio a little bit on the other side. Looks like this may be David. Um, but did say after the game, I'm moving forward. Uh, said after the game, moving forward for myself, I'm good. I feel great. No tweaks. No nothing. I'm solid. I'm ready to go. Uh, good to hear that from the uh, Titans wide receiver, who they definitely need. And Blaine, you pointed out early on in the season, look, man, this guy needs to be healthy for the playoffs. This is where he could make his biggest difference for the team. I mean, anything you get from him now would be great, but boy, what a help that guy could be in the playoffs. So let's hope he stays healthy as they head towards the postseason. Well, he can be a difference maker, that's for sure. So I just wanted to make sure he's on the same page with Tannehill. Stay healthy and then be just be Julio. He's still got enough in the tank. Got to see if they make sure they get him to rock at least five times a game. Well, we looked at this. When Julio Jones signed here, we were like, well, he got a lot of targets in Atlanta. Ten per game. Ten per game for what, 10 years? Yeah. I mean, is, is he 10 years now in the league? It, 10 per game. He literally averaged 9.9 .9 or whatever targets it was for his career. And he hadn't really missed a whole lot of games. Now, there was one season, I think, where he'd had an injury and then last year. But for the most part, that dude played a lot of football. And he knew when I step on the field, I'm getting 10 targets. And now he's out there, you know, peeling back, hitting safeties and stuff. <laughs> and on the Tannehill run, I, I want to say that I saw him out there, at least in somebody's way. But late in the game, they just took him out. I mean, they, he got the third most snaps, I think, of the wide receivers yesterday. So it seemed like they were like, well, it, it, well, they ain't going to score. There's where, no reason for him to be out right, there. Yeah, that was a smart move. Uh, I'll be interested to see in a more competitive game how much they would have let him go. Uh, but smart move there on their part. Uh, it's hard to you know argue as a player that I need to be out there too. At the same time, it's not the time or the place to try to prove if we need you or not. So we'll check you out come Steeler week. Mm -hmm. See how much you uh, can go full blast uh, in an actual game. Yeah. You know, not every play, but, you know, at least uh, a higher percentage than he went this last game. What's it like as a defense? Like you, like the Titans had to have felt yesterday, like they can't score on us. They, <laughs> they can't score. I laugh. At that, I, that is you had, an I mean, amazing feeling. You guys shut people out. Yeah. And what was that like when you were realizing, like, everything we studied, we're doing it all, we're executing the game plan perfectly, they can't score against us. Yeah, you, you get this air of confidence and you start playing with this this confidence of of like you're you're having so much fun now because we're just dominating you. There's no way possible that you are score. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even creeping to your mind. Now, I don't know if that ever really happened like at halftime, as Byer said. We we thought we could nah, I think I probably was in the middle of the third quarter and you all of a sudden you look up and say, I don't think they can score on us. <laughs> Uh, you know, not not at halftime. There's, there's always a possibility because they're making adjustments. Right. You know, you know, they come back out with a different little bit of a game plan to kind of tweak you, and then now you have to make adjustments again on the fly. So I never thought that at halftime. But when you you feel it in the, at the middle of the third quarter, you go, I think we got their number. And there were some times, you know, where where teams we we thought they had their number, and then all of a sudden they'll score like a, a touchdown. Where you know, because we were kind of a gambling. Feast or famine type defense. We right. got after quarterback, we caused some big plays, turnovers, and everything else. And then next thing you know, they get a release and get it off. You know, one guy slips or steps on somebody's toe and falls down. It's a touchdown the other way. So we kind of lived that way, a little different in this this era of a, of a shutout. That's why I said the jailhouse blitz. That was kind of like us all every 
three plays. And that's what I mean. We were to get And they we haven't done a lot of that. No, they hadn't. That's why I got excited. And especially when Bud Dupree was healthy, they weren't doing that. They've seen him four people. Yeah. I mean, it might be a different fourth person from time to time, but not like they crowd the line of scrimmage and then just everybody goes. Right. Well, I think that's what surprised the Jags. Yeah, I think, I think it Because, I mean, they were like, man, they can get there with four. Why? Well, they're not going to blitz. They haven't blitzed, you know, Jailhouse Brits, you know, pretty much the whole season, you know, here or there. But that wasn't the crux of their, their defense. So, uh, man, it was good to see. Man, wow. It looked impressive. They had a lot of energy. They looked like they had some pep in the step, man. They sure did. Yeah, I, I think, did I think good. somebody put some icy hot in their jocks. <laughs> that's nothing that David Beauclair, he would never do that to anybody who joins us now at Beauclair Sports. Sports Illustrated covering the Titans. Hey, David, anytime something happens for the first time since 2000 over there at Nissan Stadium, when you're sitting there with Blaine Bishop and Kevin Dyson doing the postgame show, and uh, Amy Wells says, first home shutout since 2000, I just stood and you know looked at my co-hosts and said, you guys were actually dressed out the last time it happened. That's some pretty good history. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, that's a uh, that's a that's a really good point, and that uh, you know those uh, those two shutouts because there was one in Cleveland the week before. Yep. Remember, uh, and uh, you know that was uh, uh, you know Blaine can I'm sure Blaine has very fond memories. That defense was playing some uh, some ball back at that point, and uh, you know y- yesterday yesterday is it it's one of those things like it's hard to it's hard to say how much Jacksonville's just bad. And and how much the Titans defense just played well and made them look bad because because uh, there was there was some of both at, at play yesterday for, without question it's it it's just it, it it's just that Jacksonville looked so putrid it, it's hard to hard to get a sense of of exactly what the what the exact proportion was mm. well I want to add to that though because because I kind of look at it just like that until I say well they rushed for 198 yards the first time we played them. And then this time they rush for eight yards. So they are capable, yeah. but that means that the Titans played up to speed. Now, you could say they only average in, what, nine, ten points a game, but still they're NFL players. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, either, you know, for whatever reason, and, and you have to assume it's because the, you know, the Titans discouraged them from uh, mm-hmm. from running. They, you know, Jacksonville decided early in that game. You know, you, it's not like they ran it twenty times for eight yards, right? They ran it eight <laughs> times the entire game, and it's and it's and it you know it's it's and it's Good not boy. that it's not that you say well the Titans got a huge lead. Jacksonville had no choice but to but to throw it around all day. I mean, this was a ten point game well into the third quarter. Yep. You know, Jacksonville. You know, it, it, they just they just didn't. They just didn't try yesterday, and you know, again, I assume you like what you guys were just talking about. That I assume they figured out early on. Well, well, they're stopping the run without adding extra guys to the to the attack. There, like we got no shot today, and uh, and they just sort of they just sort of gave up on it really early. David Beauclair, our guest. Let me ask you this: If somebody had you know landed here from another planet in the preseason or just moved to America and they were like tell me about the Titans and these position groups when you got to the offensive line and you were talking to this person you would have said well they have their left tackle and their left guard and their center is back and their right guard now right tackle is a question but there's some veteran guys kind of you know vying for that spot would you have been surprised to tell that person yeah they're really going to struggle and boy did they struggle and pass pro on Sunday yeah, uh, you know it's uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of strange. It, it it brings up memories of of nineteen ninety or excuse me twenty nineteen, doesn't it? You know where uh, where 
you know, Ryan Tannehill came in and, and played so well the last 10 games of that year, but, but he still got sacked 31 times after, after Mariota had gotten sacked 25 times in, in playing the first six games. But, uh, but that's the same line that, that blocked for Derrick Henry to rush for 1500 yards that year. And, and it, you know, it's still largely the same group that got Henry to, to 2027 last season. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's it sort of this this problem has has resurfaced. They they did a much better job last season, but uh, but you know Tannehill and and even you know some of this they, they weren't sacks yesterday, but but Tannehill took some hits and it's uh, you, you know Mike Vrabel said it after the game yesterday. Said they you know they just have to do a better job protecting him, and I don't think uh, I, I don't think anyone would argue with that on on any front right now, and especially. You know, especially given that you don't have Derrick Henry in there, uh, you know, you, they've they've got to find a way to they've got to find a way to to keep Tannehill upright back there because he is going to need to throw the ball more. Got David Beauclair on with us covering the Titans for Sports Illustrated here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Bucky, was it a victory and then not just a win, but Julio Jones finished the game. That's where we're at now. At this point. <laughs> we're just happy yeah, and elated that he finished the game. He finished the game. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean, isn't, isn't that something like who, who would have thought that we, you know, that's what we'd be talking about with, uh, with Julio <laughs> this year. The fact that, uh, that he made it through a game, but you know, I, I mean, he played fewer than half the offensive snaps. You know, they were, they, they were, they were very careful with him. They, they picked their spots with him, I think. And, uh, you know, he ended up as the uh, as the most targeted of the Titans receivers with with six balls coming his way. It wasn't uh, you know it wasn't a huge day for him, but uh, but he uh, you know it, it it's a it was a step in the right direction, and it and it probably probably previews what we're going to see with with other guys as they come back here. You know, I don't think uh, you know when when you know, Bud Dupree, for example, potentially could come off IR this week, and uh, you know my guess is when he does come off, he'll be just a pass rush specialist, not a, uh, not an every down guy like he was trying to be earlier in the year. Then you've got AJ Brown coming back at some point. It's the, it's the same sort of thing. I mean, this, uh, you know, the, the Titans have the, the good news about what the Titans accomplished before the break was that they put themselves in a position where they can sort of, you know, they, they can sort of manage their way through the last part of this schedule and, and they're working to, you know, they're, they're working to get, healthy for the playoffs and now whether they can they can be playing playoff football at that point by doing this is another thing because you know I wrote this morning you think you look at the the training camp in preseason they they spent so much time sort of taking care of Julio Jones and AJ Brown and Bud Dupree and Derrick Henry and and limiting their work in practice and and you know, little to no action in the preseason. And then what happens, you, you go out and you just get blistered by Arizona in week one. Well, they, you know, they, they obviously bounced back from that just fine, but you go out and get blistered in the playoffs. There's no bouncing back, right? You're done. So it's, uh, uh, it, it certainly makes sense what they're trying to do. Uh, the question is, you know, will it work for them when, when the time comes? Oh, no doubt about it. We're on with, uh, David Beauclair, uh, with SI.com, I guess one more for real quick for me, and that is who impressed you in the game, and maybe it was a couple guys, and then who kind of disappointed you? You know, Kevin Byard continues to impress, and that you know that's an easy thing to say, but mm. uh, but but he you know he he's just a guy who who just he he looks to me like a guy who has just 
pretty much has it all figured out. And, and you know, you'll never have it all figured out in this game, but you know, it's, it's kind of maybe 98% for him. And, and that's as, that's as good as it gets. When you think about the, the trick play, the, the Jags ran where, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't, he didn't bite on the run. He was, he was back deep center field, saw where the ball was coming, came off and, and, and broke up that pass. You know, that, that was one of those things where, you know, it wasn't an interception, but you, but, but everything about it, he did right. And, uh, and, and you've seen that so much from him this year that, that it shouldn't be a surprise, but it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't cease to impress me. I, I think with him right now, you know, you, uh, you guys talked about the offensive line. The, the, uh, the, you know, I, here's another guy actually I thought had a good day yesterday and, and a guy who really needed one was, uh, was Anthony Ferkser. You know, Ferkser had, uh, Ferkser didn't have a huge day, but, uh, but he was a, he was big time productive on third down. I know his first three catches were all third down conversions, kept the offense on the field. And that was, you know, that for, for a guy who has kind of, underperformed pretty much all expectations anybody would have had for him. I thought that was, uh, you know, that was, that was a really good performance for him yesterday and, and, and a step in the right direction that, that maybe he can, he can get some things going. And, you know, back to the offensive line that, you know, that group is, uh, it, it, it's, it, again, Roger Saffold can't make it to the end of a game, so Aaron Brewer has to go in there. The the lack of continuity, I think, has been a has been a real issue for that bunch, and and continues to be. And and I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know what they're going to be able to do about that. Nate Davis has missed a couple games. Taylor Lewan has missed a couple games. Ben Jones has played through some stuff. Saffold, you know, just just it seems more often than not can't make it to the end of the game right now, and. Uh, and continuity is so important there that uh, that you know what you you've, you've got to have that I, I think and then you know Randy Bullock I think is a is a big concern right now he made his made his last couple of kicks but when he missed that first field goal that was you know that made it three games in a row and four out of six kicks that he had missed at that point where he was you know he'd missed his he'd missed two field goals in a row and two of four extra points at that point so. Uh, you know, there was, I, I know keeping an eye on Twitter, he, that, that had fans really tensed up. And, the, you know, the fact that he settled in after that was a good thing. But, uh, but there, is a, there is a little bit of consternation about the kicking game again right now. Mm. We're with uh, Bokey, David Beauclair with uh, SI.com. David, what do you make of all the, you know, I guess Adam Shafter said Derrick Henry's not coming back, but Ian Rappaport has kind of now doubled and tripled <laughs> down. There's a big story on uh, Sunday morning about how well things are going with him and, Gosh, David, if they had a must-win game week 18, that he might even be able to suit up then, and certainly for the playoffs. What do you make of all this stuff? Yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's. Uh, I, I think I think it's uh, it, it it's it's what it is with this. It, it depends on who you talk to, and I and I imagine it's probably the same thing in the Titans facility. Of course, the Titans want to have Derrick Henry back if they can get him back. Of course, you feel like he, you know, he would make a difference, even even if he's not the Derrick Henry that uh, that we've come to know and expect the last couple of years. Just his just his presence, his persona, and the uh, you know the respect that defenses would would have to show him all would have a a profound effect on the game. But you know, I, stuff that I've read, uh, everything I've seen says you know the, that uh, coming back anything close to too soon from this end injury creates a real opportunity for re-injury. And, and I would think 
for a, a player at his position that, uh, you know, those opportunities for re-injury are even greater. And then you're talking about a player of his size and his strength and his power playing that position. And, uh, and it, it all, it all makes for a, a really, really dicey decision when the time comes. And, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine how difficult that decision will be for, for everybody involved. Uh, and, 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 you know, Henry wants to play and, and, you know, he's telling people I'm going to be back. And, and I'm sure there are, there are people in that facility saying there's no way it makes no sense to bring this guy back at any point this year. So it, it just, you know, what, what all that says to me, Mickey, in answer to your question is, is Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport have two different sources and, <laughs> and they're probably both, you know, Whoever they're talking to is being 100% honest with them, but uh, but it it's just that this situation with Henry there is there is no it, it it's just not an easy decision when the time comes. On with David Beauclair, uh covering the Titans for Sports Illustrated. Well, Boki, I guess with a little bit of time here left, man, do do you think Urban Meyer has any time left? <laughs> there is the head coach <laughs> of the Jaguars. I. I, I it, uh, it it it's sure. I mean, maybe five games, right? At, at the most. It it. I mean, there there was just nothing about that team, about that about that scheme, about what uh, you know what Trevor Lawrence did. Like you know, you expected. You know, Titans played Jacksonville what back in week five. So here we are, two months later, and you expected to see a, a good bit of development from Lawrence, and and you figure he was he'd probably be much more comfortable and, and doing some things differently and better than he did in that first meeting. And he just didn't, you know, just, just looked like a guy who was, you know, it, it's almost like he was on his own without a, without a playbook at times. And I, it, you know, watching that game, like I was watching him and I'm trying to figure out, okay, is, 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 was this guy just a really good college quarterback who was overhyped and is, is going to be a bust? Does he, you know, or is he a, is he a guy who's who's working with an inferior scheme and, and inferior talent around him? And there there was there was so little either way to to make it clear. But I I think uh, you know ultimately a lot of that's an in, either way it's an indictment on Urban Meyer and uh, and you know Meyer looks like a guy during the during the games too. Uh, you know I, I don't know I don't know what he is doing to to help his team try and win he and and you know not every not every coach is going to be animated not every coach is going to be over at the bench firing his guys up but you know every time I look over looked over at that sideline you know all he's doing is standing there with his hands on his knees and and it and you know that uh, clearly he could be he could be having some serious discussions with his coaches on the headset that sort of thing but but I I it just he just looks like a guy who's lost and for uh you know we all know college coaches are uh are, are control freaks for for the most part and and you can't be that way in the nfl and and he wouldn't be the first guy who couldn't make that adjustment and uh and you know he he just it just looks like it just looks like an ill fit in a lot of ways to me well, the steel curtain, well, they have some chick in their armor now, but uh, <laughs> they still are the Steelers. Uh, what do you expect uh, in, in this, this matchup as far as how they match up? Yeah, it, it's a uh, – it, it's hard to say. I mean, it's bad luck for the Titans, isn't it, that they get a uh, they get another sort of 
rested team here. I mean, you think about it the, the last few weeks, right? They played Houston after Houston was coming off a bye. They played New England after New England had played on a Thursday night and had an extended break. Now they're getting Pittsburgh after Pittsburgh played on a Thursday night and, and, and had an extended break. So, uh, uh, you know, that, that seems that seemed going into Pittsburgh, it seems like a much taller order. I, I just don't know though, with the Steelers after, you know, they, they put up such a fight Thursday night yeah. and, and, and made such a valiant comeback, 21 points in the fourth quarter and all that. But, but as I was watching it, it, it sort of made me wonder like, is, is this the Steelers last stand, so to speak with yeah. Ben Roethlisberger and, and the core group that they have right now. And the fact that they, that they didn't win that game and that their odds to make the playoffs are, are so long right now that, uh, it almost feels like that, you know, that that was it. The the Steelers might have nothing left, and and I almost feel like the Titans have a chance to go in there and 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 kick the Steelers around on Sunday, which is a uh, which is a rarity. And uh, but it just it it it. I think that's I think that's a real possibility because it it felt like to me that that was that was everything to the Steelers Thursday night to try to come back and win that game and. Uh, and and obviously they they fell just short. Bokey, great stuff, man. Uh, thank you, sir. And we look forward to uh, talking again as the Titan season continues on. Yes, sir. You know I always enjoy it. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, boys. Have Any, a great day. Anytime. Appreciate always it. great catching up with David Beauclair. All right, when we come back, there's a big event coming up at Nissan Stadium. You can meet the Hitman and other Titans. We're about to tell you all about it. That's next. Blaine and Mickey, one zero four five, the Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Uh, 3HLB coming up next today for you. They'll get you the rest of the way home. Al Smith set to join us, former Houston Oilers player. It's a big event coming up tomorrow. Uh, a group of former NFL players getting together over at Nissan Stadium uh, from 3 to 6 p.m. Again, that's tomorrow, uh, December 14th. Uh, Wesley Mortgage Club entrance, it says Park and Lot H. A uh, bunch of NFL players are going to be there. Brad Hopkins and Neil O'Donnell and Chris Sanders and Al Smith and one Blaine Bishop will be there as well. You can take pictures with the Titans mascot and T-Rack and Titans cheerleaders. Uh, the Titans blue crew drumline will be there. And the big thing is you can get a COVID-19 vaccine or a flu vaccine mm. uh, tomorrow yeah. there at the stadium. Al Smith joins us now. Uh, former Houston Oilers teammate of one, Blaine yeah, Bishop. And Titan executive. That's right. Al, what's going on tomorrow, man? Let's get people the information on this deal. Welcome in. Well, we've got a lot of good stuff going on uh, tomorrow. We have uh, the NFL alumni has partnered with the uh, CDC, you know, for an event uh, to be able to help the, the community get vaccinated if they choose to. You know, now kids five and over uh, can get vaccinated. If you already were vaccinated, you can get your boosters if you want just flu shots, you're able to come out and get your uh, flu shots as well. Uh, it's tomorrow at uh, Nissan Stadium, uh, tomorrow, December 14th, from 3 to 6, uh, in the uh, parking lot H on the Wesley Mortgage Club interest side, uh, right there at the club level. Uh, you're able to see T-Rack. Cheerleaders will be out there. You get uh, holiday photos uh, with the cheerleaders and T-Rack or what have you, autographed balls. Uh, you were able to see Blaine. <laughs> you want to see Blaine? <laughs> That's a big sell point right <laughs> now. Blaine will be there. Uh, uh, obviously, myself will be there. Uh, Neil O'Donnell, 
Brad Hopkins, a lot of your favorite Chris Sanders, a lot of your favorite uh, uh, former players will be there as well uh, to be able to uh, interact, sign balls, and be able to take pictures or holiday pictures with individuals and uh, stay safe and get vaccinated if you choose to as well. Well, thanks for coming on, Al, man. And Al is the uh, president of uh, the Tennessee Alumni Chapter here in Nashville, and he's done a great job in, in leadership of that uh, throughout the years. And I guess tell uh, people, I, I guess, what the Alumni Association is chapter and some of the other things that they've been involved in over your time in, in leadership. Well, one of the things is that, that we try to do is, um, you, know, as, you know, as a chapter, is giving back to the community. A lot of players have uh, served or played in this community is a way to give back to that community that has been so good to them over the years. Uh, uh, we help our own uh, as well as far as uh, better, you know, uh, trying to get better health care and better services for players in, in their uh, after years as well. But one of our main things as far as the community goes is caring for kids, being able to uh, get, uh, give to kids organizations and reaching out to kids or organizations and be able to uh, uh, touch and impact young lives and be able to do that. And this is one of those uh, efforts. Uh, you know, we have golf tournaments. Our golf tournaments in June, normally at uh, Opryland as well, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to, whether it be American Cancer Society, um, uh, Boys and Girls Clubs, or what have you, the, uh, the area giving back to this community in this area and be able to help out as much as possible. And that's one of uh, the things that uh, we really focus on is uh, not only uh, caring for our own, but caring for the community. And uh, this is one of those efforts to try to keep everyone safe, uh, especially going into the holidays or this cold weather. Uh, a lot is going on, uh, obviously, with um, uh, uh, the devastation that has taken place the last few days and just trying to keep everybody safe uh, uh, along the way. No doubt about it, Doug. Al's done a great job in leadership. I guess before we let you go, Al, I guess tell everyone where they can go if they want to get involved, not just with this event, but get involved with the NFL alumni uh, in any event. Uh, where do they go to find out more information? Well, uh, I always can go to NFLalumni.org uh, uh, or NFLalumni.tn for Tennessee.org as well. And one of the things about uh, this event, um, you know, individuals can, you know, uh, as well, because one of the things, we're having this event, but one thing about partnering with the CDC, we have the, the Tennessee Health Department, we have the Metro Health Department that partnered with them as well. Uh, the mayor's office uh, is, is uh, involved as well. Uh, they have been very supportive uh, with these efforts uh, with our community here in Tennessee. Uh, so this is a, a definitely a great outreach uh, throughout the, uh, the whole city and the state and it's given an opportunity for people to be able to, you know, obviously stay safe. But as far as uh, uh, for the event, www.nflalumnihealth.org forward slash COVID-19 for this event tomorrow and, and for other events in other NFL cities as well. Uh, this has taken place in other cities, whether it be uh, in Dallas, uh, in L.A., uh, in Tampa and Florida and Jacksonville has done it, Atlanta. So this is a, a widespread effort across the country. Uh, we have a lot of former NFL players, uh, Hall of Famers, Pro Bowlers, or what have you, that have done um, uh, PSAs you know, for this as well to try to uh, help get the word out. And we're trying to do our efforts here in Tennessee to do the same. And uh, we have a lot of uh, good uh, brothers uh, have done great things on the field, but at the same time, they're in a, a great position where they have done things uh, off the field as well, which is great for Tennessee. 
No doubt about it, man. I appreciate it. I mean, I lo- enjoy your, your leadership and all your impact in the community here in Tennessee. Thank you. Oh, really appreciate it, Blaine. Really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Al Smith, again, tomorrow, 3 to 6 p.m., Nissan Stadium, uh, Wesley Mortgage Club entrance in parking lot H. Uh, just go on over there, meet uh, Brad Hopkins, Blaine, Neil O'Donnell, Chris Sanders, Al Smith, uh, win a free football, meet the cheerleaders, T-Rack, take pictures, and – you can get a COVID vaccine or a flu vaccine. Yeah, no doubt about it. Stay yeah. safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Time for us to get out of here on this Victory Monday. Hand it over to 3HL. Yeah, we pumped up. We got Victory Monday, and it's a beautiful day on Monday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's been a fun time. Now back to winning ways. Now let's get everything else back on track and then get some players mo back. Yeah, yeah I mean mo back. Mo and mo. Yeah, mo yeah. and mo me. A.J. Brown and King. Yeah, we'll, be good to, we'll be good to go. But in the meantime and in between time, Mickey. Happy Monday. Yeah. And peace. peace.